Hey guys, what's up? It's ARW Raw, and we are here today with a very special guest, my friend, the incredible pop artist queen, Lisa Janae. What's up, girl? Oh, what's up? Oh my gosh, what a honor it is like for that intro thank you i mean <laughs> like, you are my up. iced coffee <laughs> api disney queen so what else yes. could i say girl <laughs> yes i have my iced coffee here ready to go for this interview we too. wrap in you know i hear those ice cubes we're gonna get into it later about how you use ice cubes and weigh me down i love that mm-hmm. fucking song or i love that song i love that song <laughs> oh thank you so much yeah it's um it's been crazy, actually. I mean, that song was released late last year, like the last month of 2020. And I wa- kind of wanted to hold off on it, but I just felt like it would be a great message to go into the new year with. But then I just released the lyric video and it's somehow like got on release radar for Spotify. So it's getting like a huge bump on there. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I have no idea how that happened. Because I know release radar is like an algorithmic playlist by them. And usually songs like kind of get on that playlist when they just come out. So I don't know what happened. Because I mean, we're kind of like six months or five months into the release, but I'm super grateful and I'm seeing more people add it to their, um, their personal playlists, which is really awesome. And everyone's really enjoying the message of it too. I enjoy the message and I'm not going to lie. I added it to my driving playlist. It's a vibe yeah. <laughs> and I love, okay, let's get into it now then. Okay. Everyone, this is the amazing Lisa Danae. Um, we met on an artist Facebook group, I think like so long ago and we've just been connected and you know, us artist Queens, we're connected online and, you know, I would love to just go into this new single, Lay Me Down, you know. So um, I love I love that visual that you bring it up, you know, the um, lyric video. How did mm-hmm. you decide to do a lyric video rather than like um, a full visual with you in it? Yeah, so honestly, uh, my initial plan was to do a lyric video and a full music video. Ooh. But yeah, things kind of... And I had certain ideas for the full music video, but things kind of just ended up changing as far as what my plans are with releasing music, like not only this year, but even for 2022. So I decided to stick with the lyric video. and Right, because you need a plan ahead. Like, with, yeah, like huh? we were talking before the podcast, like, so much changes when you make a song like so many people don't realize as artists like how much goes into a song how people come people go producers change engineers change everything every director whatever um so I'm first of all I'm glad you got the the lyric video because Mm -hmm. you know sometimes those projects are kind of slipped through the cracks like on the visual end we just kind of let them go but it's really good that you pulled your stuff together you know you made that happen and who, who did that for you it looked really cool So his name is Juan Pablo Gonzalez, and I was actually connected. I saw a lyric video he made for another artist, and it blew me away. I was like, who is this guy? So I hit up my friend who had, it was his video, and he hooked me up with Juan, and he's super young, like a visual artist, and he just was able to create this video that I was envisioning in my head which was really really awesome especially that iced coffee 
<laughs> yeah, we were like, talking about that coffee girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt so bad for him. That was a lot of back and forth work for him. That was the first time that he's ever worked with that before and kind of creating that simulation with the ice as well and just the coffee pouring in general. Girl, so you got to was... connect me because I think we could make a dope lyric video for Stan yeah. coming up, you know? Yeah, he is great. And I'm happy to connect anyone with him. He's, he's, you know, he's young, he's still learning the ropes, but he just wants, that's just what he wants to do. He wants to learn. He you know what I love that? I love someone who's, time. who's, you know, from the bootstraps up, just mm-hmm. like popping off on their own, you know, not waiting for that opportunity of being hired by a big studio to pursue their dreams of being a filmmaker or an artist. And it's so great to give people that opportunity, right? With our art, mm-hmm. like, here's my vision. What can you do with this? Sorry, Boba's yeah. being crazy. She wants attention. My black cat. <laughs> Boba. You need oh to meet gosh. her. I she, love She Boba. also loves. She loves Boba and iced coffee. She honestly tries to drink my iced coffee out of my Starbucks cup like oh, all the time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Back to the lyric video uh, before Boba mm-hmm. distracted us. Um, like, <laughs> you, so, you, so you met this guy through a friend and you were like, were you just stunned by how he took your vision and he made it happen? Yeah, there were like things that so he not only did he do the iced coffee, but there was a lot of like that stop motion with pictures that I had taken like from the original photo shoot for promotion. And yeah, because I noticed that I was like, did you shoot that all at once? Or yeah, you did that later. Yeah. So we did I shot that photo shoot. I did that photo shoot with um a new photographer that I started working with. His name is Chris Rodarte. And I met him through a friend as well. Um, and he Friend actually connections in... are the best, dude. They're the best. <laughs> I, know. I know he's and he's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh wow! I happen to actually be out there because um, I have family out there. And oh, cool, East I... Coast baby. I'm from DC. I got you, girl. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we shot that. We did that photo shoot with three looks. But there were so many great photos that I was never really able to use, like while promoting the initial release of Weigh Me Down. So we came up with this idea to use those pictures that were really like shot in a series to create that stop motion effect. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he did that. And then so you were thinking part... ahead in advance. You were like ready already to do a lyric. You had that in mind. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I actually didn't really know if I was going to use those photos in the beginning, but once I started thinking about it more and like then deciding not to do like a full music video, I was like, well, I want to be in the lyric video somehow, you know? So um, taking those pictures was a good idea and creating that effect. And then also there's this part in the beginning where my head like opens up and all I love that like butterflies. Yeah, that was like. That's why I was like, my... "Who did this, girl? Who did this?" <laughs> yeah, I, that was one of my ideas. I told him about, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like he was able to figure it out for me, and he did it. And then, yeah, we got that iced coffee in there. And then there's like this cool, like butterfly effect where they like burst or whatever. That was actually created by. Um, one of my other photographers and a videographer that I work with frequently, Josh Sugitan, he created that butterfly effect, but he wanted me to use it for a different song. And I was like, Oh no, 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 this works perfect for weigh me down. So I sent that over to Juan and then he incorporated it in the video. Oh, that's the best. It's, it's, I love working with um, creatives and like, I try to keep my, 
team like close knit though because I've just had like trust issues in the past. Oh girl, trust me too. Like I self manage now. Like I get it. Like you know, you got your choreographer, you got your makeup artist, and you got your main director, like yeah. creative people. But you know, it, we have to be open to letting people come into our creative yeah. lives. It's, it's just hard. It's just hard. Yeah, it is hard. And I'm, you know, I'm so happy that I was able to connect with Juan, and he's definitely going to be, you know, in my he'll come across my mind I'm sure like down the road with new songs as they come out um but it's it's hard you you know you don't you don't know if you're gonna vibe well with that person or if they're just really gonna get it yeah like, like the people who idea. get your vision they get it but the people who don't they're just like committed to not understanding it <laughs> yeah and then at that point too it's like okay like are you doing it now just because you kind of want my money or do you actually believe in this project? And yeah, it's like, which is it? Like, cause I've, I've had so many people like that. And I've had people who have literally withheld the assets and it's like, bro, yeah. like that's not cool. Like I paid you. Yeah, no, I agree. So, but I'm, yeah, again, like I'm so grateful that I was able to connect with Juan and, and I'm always open to the idea of creating with, um, new people but you just gotta have your guard up a little bit in the you beginning. totally do like I'd love to hear some more about your team who's on your team so far and how have you built it like we've heard about your media people but who else mm-hmm. is on the team because for example um your visualizer on Spotify you know I'm you can tell I'm someone who's all about the details you know I went to USC film <laughs> school so I'm all about um, creativity um, yeah. and turning visuals into a profit and I think look that rainbow visual of the photo of you with the really cool uh, like scarf and the lip shirt that turned out so well. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I would say right now my team for visuals, um, my style or one of my friends, she's like loves fashion and she really wants to be a stylist and uh, we've known each other for like a few years and you know we've kind of like talked briefly about working together but really it didn't uh, click until last year when COVID hit and we just got really close and uh, awesome. her name is Eileen Padron and she is she just understands my personal style and is able to really take it to the next level as far as like um uh, really like accentuating like whatever decade that I want to go for or like what the theme each. is that's so cool yeah yeah and what's awesome is that we're kind of just really in sync like mind wise because um, I recently sent her a new song that I've been working on that's gonna end up being my next single and I had already envisioned something but I didn't tell her you know the style I was envisioning and she came yeah. back to me and said all this stuff with suggestions and I was like okay that means that we're totally in sync because that's exactly what I was thinking it's like you kind of like know the direction you want to go but you can't really figure it out and when you tell yeah when you tell like someone that you've been working with or someone that just knows you so well and like gets your brand and and whatnot um they're able to you know contribute when you can't fill in those holes yourself exactly and, and you it's get crazy that, yeah it's crazy like how in sync like they become like the more that you work with each other and like of course like you guys are we're always looking to like elevate right as artists and creatives and and that's important too is making sure that your team that you've built always wants to like you know 
outdo whatever you already and support you released and together. Support you. Yeah. They're like, let's, they're like, let's get this back. You can't have fishy or flaky or just trash people on your team. You just can't. Yeah. There's no room for negative of, energy. Yeah. No, a hundred percent agree with you. And, and it's, it's tough. I mean, I'm not going to like sit here and sugarcoat that. Like, you know, like with Irene, for instance, like, yeah, last year it just like clicked, but it was a lot of work. Like, you know, having like having to get to know her throughout the last few years, and, and you have you know, to really establish the connections because, like, I had yeah. the same thing with my branding head. You know, she's a really busy branding director for several large companies in California, and she took me on as a client as well as my mom's business, um, who I help a lot. And you know, it really is incredible when you can get to know someone. You know, take the time, and then it transforms into that client relationship that you wanted it to be way back when. But now it's really authentic, and you can understand the person. Yep. Yeah, I agree. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you talking about her. Um, you were saying that like you guys got to know each other really well over quarantine, and like, like how did you get to know her better? Um. Well, I think because you know there really <laughs> was nothing to do. I had, well, I had Starlet coming out last year, and um, I think because there were really no other distractions anymore with everything being shut down and whatnot, you know, I brought that project over to her and, and she was just so, um, it really motivated her, I think, and inspired her. And she didn't really want to wait around, you know, to see what was going to happen. You know, I think they told us like by summer last year that everything would be back open like instead she took advantage of this and was able to like expand her own like styling portfolio with it which is awesome because now she has like I know she's working with a brand right now or a digital agency rather for like clothing brands and um that's awesome I was like <laughs> yeah I was happy that I was able to you know help her and like open a door for her well that's uh, that's how the people I'm working with um for branding and new merch are too because these two girls who made this company called shop hose mad wanted to do a collab with me and I was like look let's just make it a whole merch line and drop it in the fall and it's going to be all custom y2k and really fun um arw themed designs that people want mm -hmm. and people have been me asking me for it for a really long time and finally, it's happening and I can help their business and they can help my business. And look, yep. if we can all help each other, that's what matters. And that's what counts. Because at the end of the day, we're all young women hustling to get our dreams made and young men maybe on your team as well. But, you know, it's people who respect and people who understand where you're taking your brand. Yeah. And I've always I've always said with my career, it's like I want I want my career to be successful more for the team that I create like I right, like you as a group not just you yeah like I want to give these people I want to just have them be able to have their careers that they've dreamed of as well like I have a dream I had a dream when I was younger and if I'm able to give my friends or even my family members because I work with some family too on things um that's awesome. I just want them to have the opportunity to go after their dream. And if I can be the one to help them with that, with my own personal career, then that may, is, that will just make my life. Like that's just makes me really, really happy. Yeah. And like, if you can make money off of it and like show people, look, you can live a stable um, life off of, off of music and 
let me rephrase that sorry I'm like stumbling on my words um so like you know you're proving to your fans and people everywhere that if you believe in yourself hard enough and you work as hard as you possibly can you can make it happen for yourself no matter what your dream is and I think that's so Mm -hmm. powerful yep I mean I mean it's just awesome and I feel like let's give the Westies a little bit more of a look into your life I know that you are Filipino that's so awesome Mm -hmm. that you're representing API and everything and you know, especially during um, all of this craziness, like Asian Lives Matter and like the horrible um, things that have been happening, especially to your guys's elderly community. It's so awesome that you can represent your people. How does that feel to be able to have a voice for the Asian Pacific Islander community? Um, I mean, honestly, it feels really great. When I was growing up, I think the first, I think the first Asian American that really was like in like commercially acclaimed like in mainstream music for me was Nicole Scherzinger oh yeah girl yeah I remember her on Eden's Crush during uh that reality show Pop Stars I think it was on MTV that's when I saw her and she was the she was the lead I think yeah she was the lead she was the main girl in the group and I saw her and I remember going like that girl looks like me and that means that I can actually make this happen and that's incredible because like look what she does now she's like a judge on mass singer she has like her own fashion brand she does her Mm -hmm. her lifestyle stuff and like coming from that community that must have been crazy for you because like there's not very many Asian starlets or people who have like you know that whole pop princess vibe because there, there are other Asian artists but they're not like they're like k-pop or they're like some, yeah. you know what I mean something else they're not like yeah pop queens you know I know what you're saying yeah and I think it was it's hard to you know I've been when I was kind of like getting to know the industry even more um it was hard like I just felt like I kept seeing um female artists being like heavily pushed and marketed that didn't look like me And so it was like really, really discouraging as I got older and, you know, hearing other things from brands and managers, you know, saying that, you know, my look just, you know, I'm likable as a person, but my look just like doesn't work. Yeah, they're like, you need to be this, you need to be that. Yeah, and telling me, you know, how to like, I guess like, Americanize it a little bit more and so I kind of never once that started happening to me I never really would say that I was Filipino American because I felt like I couldn't if in order for me to succeed in this industry I felt like I kind of had to hide my my ethnicity and I couldn't embrace it and then and then I started getting older and I was like you know this is this is just BS. Like I want to be who I want to, who I am. And I'm so happy to be Filipino and have that in my heritage. So that's actually kind of how Starlet came about because yeah, I, I was about to ask, like, I was like, is Starlet about that? Because when I was saying yep. Asian American Starlets, it's like, Oh, like that's you. And that was your, your song. And I love how you do so many looks in the video. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so Starlet became that. Starlet became this anthem that I really never thought I was going to be able to write. And I was so proud of it. And and 
I felt like I was just owning my I finally was like coming out and like owning my identity right and really just kind of forgetting whatever the industry is telling you as far as how you should look how you should dress how you should sound um it's like well I want to sound like Lisa Denae you know I don't want to sound like anyone else that's your Um, real name right Lisa Denae Yes, it is. I, mean, I love that. We, that. we were talking about that, that someone had your, like, Instagram handle and you had to, like, get, yeah. buy it off of them or something. What happened? Yeah, there's actually more, like, Lisa Denae's out there than I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she she still has it, so I'm still Lisa Denae Music. Oh, jeez, but, but at least you're verified um, and you have a huge TikTok following, which is awesome. Yeah, it's okay. Eventually, I'll be able to get... Lisa Denae off of I mean, when platform. you are Nicole, the next Nicole Scherzinger, first of all, they're going to be like, all hail the queen. You have earned back the username you rightfully deserve. Yeah. Like, I think whoever owns it once you're like huge, they're going to be like, damn, I feel bad. Yeah. Well, sometimes I know some people that like get uh, usernames and then they'll uh, use it as a way to make money off of people. Oh, no. That's horrible. Yeah, so hopefully that doesn't happen. That, that really sucks. Like, I don't think that'll happen. And, you know, I think it's so cool that, like, in Starlet, you really talk about, like, who you are as a person and, like, mm-hmm. like what you stand for. Because I'm the same exact way. Like, in all of my music, I'm sure you've heard a lot of it um, where I'm talking about being Jewish and, you know, being mm-hmm. body positive, um, accepting ourselves for who we are and mm-hmm. moving past struggle to achieve what we want. And I think you and I share a lot of the same messaging, which is like, look, even though I don't look like every other singer, superstar or whatever that you've seen who's Jewish or that you've seen who's like, you know, out here doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not going to understand what that is. But when you get to see me, you get a little bit of a look into that world. And I think that yeah. your music is like that too. It's giving people a taste of, oh, this is what a Filipino woman is like. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny because actually my boyfriend is a quarter Filipino. His mom is Italian Filipino and she was raised oh, to be what? like oh uh, yeah no she was raised to be like oh you know I don't I can't embrace my Filipino identity mm. because she's from mm. LA and like you know in the 50s it wasn't like that it was like oh no you're right. white keep your head down whatever and it's horrible because she's really had to like rediscover herself and it's it's hard to rediscover yourself when for so long you've been hiding who mm-hmm. you are and you know it's nice to see his mom be able to accept um, her Filipino identity and my boyfriend Jordan even though he doesn't look Filipino, you know, because he's only one for it, it's still yeah. in his identity and he still, you know, stands for Asian Lives Matter. He really supports me in Jewish Lives Matter. You know, it's really helpful that he supports so many of these communities that are being affected, especially right now. Yeah, I, I've, I grew up in a very white community in Southern Orange County. Oh, which in- part? in the 90s um oh in the uh, the 90s disney girl the 90s disney girl yeah i grew up in um i grew up in like the mission viejo area oh got Um, you oh that is yeah yeah so it was heavily white and like you know in the 90s i mean my mom look my mom was always taught me to go past like our stereotypes and just go after my dream um right and just embrace who you are and be your own person so she you know instilled that in me at a young age but I think just because of how our industry is and and seeing like the realities of you know how it is and how it works it just made it difficult and and 
I had like a manager like, oh, no. telling me like, you know, the sound that I should do and look oh. and whatever. And so oh. that's when I kind of got rid of that and went really independent. I mean, that's the worst. Like when was that? Because I'll tell you after mm-hmm. this, but you know, I had a really bad manager too. And I've had actually two managers who did the same thing to me, which is like, no, this is how you talk. No, no, no. This is how you dress. No, this is how oh, wow. you look. Yeah, that was, um, when was that? That was probably like 2013, 14, 2014 to maybe like 2016. So for like a couple years. And um, I was just like, in 2016, I was just like, enough is enough. Like I can't, right? you know, like I was actually, in 2016 was when I, started like making my presence on musically which is now known as tiktok yeah and i was creating like all of these opportunities for myself and and then you know kind of just taking a step back and being like okay like i think i should just be taking on the reins and doing everything myself you know like if i'm creating exactly these opportunities and whatnot so that's kind of when we parted ways and and look you know you we learn as we we learn from other people, right? So I'm not like right. I don't regret like you're not like take... butthurt. You're just like I've learned. A yeah, lot. it like, just I wouldn't do it again. I just my path was I had to go down that path and learn for myself, right? And I right. did and, learn like, a lot have of your own... truths. Oh wait, sorry, I was yeah. talking. What did you say? Oh, I was just saying I I did learn a lot of truths about the music industry through him, which is great, right? But I now am at the point where it's like okay, we gotta. Like we got to change here. Like, like something's got to Industry has been the same for a very long time, and it's time for change. And a lot of people are noticing that. So I want to be more active and push for that change. Right, and, and that's great for you. Like I think it's yeah. so awesome that you have so many TikTok followers, YouTube subscribers. I mean, Instagram followers. How did you drive all of that growth yourself? And how did you realize that you don't need any managers? I I hate saying this, but it really like the posting consistently thing is <laughs> like really helped a lot. I don't really post like daily anymore, uh, more for like my mental health. But when you're first starting out, I do highly suggest that um, if you want to grow on your platforms. But you definitely better be posting quality um, content as far as something that you know kind of gives value to whoever you want or think your fan base is um so for me a lot of it is like just relatable things or like fashion as well as um music right um I just like to be um open about my life and what my hobbies are and interests whatever yeah yeah yeah, you're trying to be real with your fans like that's what yeah that's what drew me to you a lot like people say about me a lot the reason why they like my music is not because I'm talented, which they also say I'm talented. I appreciate people (laughs) saying that. But, you know, they say, look, you're real. You're like, hey, Westies, Mm -hmm. what's up? This is what we're doing today. Or like going behind the scenes with my videos, you know, showing people how to make a music video on a budget, showing people how to get Mm -hmm. into USC, like on your own merit, showing people how to, you know, do this makeup look, you know, just like being authentic and breaking things down Mm -hmm. for people. And I think that's what you do a lot, too. And you do your vocal exercises on your on your little videos. It's awesome. (laughs) Like, you do so many cool things and it's it, that really drew, drew me into you. I need you to know that girl. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely want to be as authentic as I can be and 
Um, I don't want to, I, I don't like when people are being fake with me, so I would not do that to anyone else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you don't waste people's time. You're like, either I yeah. vibe with you or I don't, I'm not going to waste your time being fake. I know. Yeah. That doesn't always go very well for the other person that is. No, upset, literally but... though, like the like, situation like this happening all the time and it's like, you know, that's kind of what inspires your music. So do you feel like a lot mm-hmm. of that type of stuff um, inspired weigh me down? Like, does that reference in a sense, like some of these situations, like people being fake, people being, you know, um, argumentative, causing something? Because I, I feel that the lyrics are very much about like, I'm not going to let anything from the past bring me down. Yeah, no, definitely. And a lot of what inspired the lyric was I kept hearing this phrase, it is what it is. And I hate that phrase. Um, <laughs> I just hate it. So that's actually where it first started from. But then it kind of like morphed into this song where, you know, I have a horrible habit. I don't know if you do as well, but I have a horrible habit of comparing myself to others. I do. I do as well. I think every woman does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I end up going down like extreme rabbit holes where at by the end of like the two hour block of me just like analyzing people's social medias I feel like horrible about myself yeah you're um, like uh, you're like I'm not as skinny as them I'm not as pretty mm-hmm. as them I'm not as blonde as them you know always yeah always or like why did this work for them have a bad habit of that. yeah <laughs> yeah so that's kind of where it then started morphing into was not letting things out of your control take over like your mental capacity like fully because it's like you can't do anything else like so just Mm -hmm. sit back and like let it happen like it sounds messed up but I like that you are like oh I hate that quote it is what it is because it's like it is not what it is it's like it is what you make of it and what you do with the situation because life I know this is another tacky quote but life is 90% of no, let me rephrase this. I phrased this all wrong. <laughs> life is 10% what happens to you. And the other 90% of life is how you react to it. And honestly, we waste so much of our time, like, overanalyzing what someone else mm-hmm. thinks to like overanalyzing what they do or what they look like in person when half the time everything posted is fake and you, you can't, you know, control these things. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Yeah. I actually <laughs> know. I had never heard that quote before. So I... <laughs> I see it all the time on Instagram and, you know, I'm someone who has anxiety, situational anxiety as well as mm-hmm. ADHD. So like, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to stay focused on things or sometimes yeah. unfocused from something like I'm hyper focused right. and like really upset over something. So what mm-hmm. helps me a lot is like, okay, I can control how I react to this. The only thing that we have in life is time and time passes. Yes. You can't get it back. So might as well yes. not waste time worrying over something that's probably never going to happen or something that already did happen that we can't change. And now we just have to like, roll with the punches and take the steps mm-hmm. wow i don't know it's hard for people yeah, to like, that on realize that. <laughs> i don't know my therapist no, it is. Me a lot with that. yeah no it's definitely tough and that's why i felt like the song was super relatable because i know i'm not the only one <laughs> that does it you're not and i um, like how specific it is though but despite being like so universal you know you're talking about your life you're not trying yeah. to be someone different and i think that's why you actually are a lot like nicole scherzinger because all of the music she wrote for Pussycat Dolls and her own solo stuff, it seems to be very from the heart. It's not like some other artists who write a song where they're envisioning themselves in the position of a young mm-hmm. girl or they're envisioning themselves talking to a younger version of themselves. You know, it's like actually something that happened and that they're putting it to paper, pen to paper yep. to communicate the story um, through a song. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's hard for me to write like a generalized song. Like I love writing uh, lyrics that are so specific to things that have happened in my life. But then I always feel like that it's super relatable still. And I like to bring it back to like a more universal lyric, usually within like the chorus. But it, no, but exactly of, like that's what I do, dude. Like you heard yeah. myself, like that's that's how even Ashkenazi is. It's like so specific. Like it's yeah. a very specific situation. And I use the metaphor of boxing terms. And the video, mm-hmm. I'm literally boxing. But if you listen right. to the lyrics, you can hear it's a very specific situation, but it keeps calling back to just another day people trying to take your throne away and it's like that's a very very universal lyric that so many people can relate to you know that aggression you feel when someone f's you over or someone flakes out and you know it's something that you were really counting on them for and you know what they failed you it's like f you i'm just gonna go off i'm gonna tell Mm -hmm. you what what i think give you a piece (laughs) of my mind and hopefully you guys can relate to it too and have a rage workout to that as well so you know (laughs) Yep. (laughs) yep But right, like it, like we put our blood, sweat, and tears into this music to inspire others, so like yes. that we can also feel that catharsis. So, what was the sort of response you got to weigh me down? And did people know what you were talking about in the song? Like automatically, your fans. Yeah, actually, the everyone that was DMing or commenting, they were like, "This is so relatable. I love the message of this song so much." Um, everyone awesome. was talking about the message and. And it made me happy to know that I'm honestly not alone. And and that's with my music. That's something that I hope, you know, my listeners, my fans enjoy is that they know that they're not alone with whatever they're feeling, that someone, someone, someone else out there uh, is going through the exact same thing that they are currently going through or have gone through in life right like that's all we can hope for what's the most dramatic thing that's happened to you from like sound scrub and from your your uh you know music and stuff I've actually had something similar to you um, damn where they reached out to me you know saying that they um, were really thinking about um, committing suicide and um, I had like a full-on conversation with them um after they told me and and I'm glad that I read it but I I honestly I forgot what song it was that they were listening to of mine but that's what made them reach out to me and kind of tell me what was going on um but that's incredible like and I'm so happy to hear that from you dude because that one shows me we could definitely do a song together sometime and uh (laughs) have it pop off and hit both fan bases right you know get people into you um and second of all it really shows me that you're authentic with your fans. And, you know, some months I have over like 50 or 60,000 listeners. Some months I have 200 monthly listeners, you know, depending yeah. on the platform and whatever. But that's because people relate to different things at different times. So yes. I actually find my listeners goes way up in the holiday months because I feel that people have a sense of loneliness or needing mm-hmm. to be understood. And then I see in the summer months, you know, less listeners a bit uh well we're trying to turn that around with my uh (laughs) my club bangers my upcoming album california wasted um but you know it's it's like you know you see the ebb and flow of people's emotional states and like Mm -hmm. i hope that one day i can have millions of monthly listeners as an independent artist and show people look yes i got here from the bottom to the top i'm representing my minority group and women everywhere and Mm -hmm. i'm making sure that my fans feel taken care of and i don't care how many followers or listens i have you know what I literally have over 24,000 people now on my Instagram 
who are literally plugged into waiting, plugged into and waiting for my next drop. And I'm just happy to be able to contribute that to their lives and be able to, you know, make a difference for them because I too am someone who suffers from rabbit hole comparison, yeah. TikTok scrolling or whatever. It's like, oh man, like this girl, Lisa Denae, she has like 5,000 monthly listeners. I only have 150 this month on Spotify. I'm such a loser, you know? And we, we say these things to ourselves, even though we don't give ourselves credit for all the other stuff we do. Like I run a podcast, yeah. I do all these jobs, mm-hmm. I do all these things. And, you know, I need to give myself credit where it's due and be like, look, I'm working on building my listenership up. Like, look, I have to keep hustling and, and, and working on finding placements and all these things myself, because if you really want to do your career the way you want to do it and you don't want to have to have some slimy manager involved, you know, you have to do it. That's it. That's what yeah. you got to do. Yeah. I feel like that was a whole yeah. speech, but I'm like, that's my vibe. No, like, it's like whatever I, you have to I do is what it. you have to do. <laughs> like, I, I love mm-hmm. that about you. I love I love I remember on Instagram, you were like, oh, this month I was so uninspired. But here's some cool things I did. It's like, at least you're like honest with people. You're not just like, oh, every day of my life is so inspiring. I live in California. (laughs) I know. I just hate, you know, I had to like even uh, start. I started like unfollowing a lot of people, like a lot of accounts that weren't inspiring me because and like just no offense to them. Like it, it. Whatever I like, I know, like, doesn't mean that they're horrible, right? Like, everyone. Or it's like you have to take people out of your life or, like, delete comments or block people if they're going to Mm -hmm. be doing things that make you feel bad about yourself. Like, the other day, there was a person talking or commenting on all my TikToks, and they literally comment on every single TikTok I make. It must have been like three or 400 comments at least. And it was like, you're trash. Just quit while you're ahead. Like, you're the worst artist I've ever heard. Like, they were calling me the K word. They were like saying all this wrong stuff about me that was lies, all this stuff. And it's like, I saw that they've been following me on Instagram for a long time and sending me messages. Like I clicked on this person's profile and pressed message just to see if they'd sent me something before. And they sent Mm -hmm. me tons of messages like, oh, I love your music, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, and it's like, dude, like you're clearly just salty that I didn't have time to respond to you. Like, let me be honest. I try to respond as many as fans as I can. But if I can't get back to you and you literally respond by just commenting hate stuff on my TikTok to get my attention, that's not... A vibration I need in my life so if you're a negative yeah. energy and toxicity you can just GTFO my life I'm just gonna block you like we have to remember to do that and like hate comments yeah it gives you engagement but you don't need that in your life that bad energy yeah yeah and getting rid of like accounts and stuff that aren't inspiring to me like I just that has helped me so much or like, ones that make crazy, you like, like feel triggered makes... yeah yeah and it, it's but it's crazy like how much that can change your mental health like it's it's really crazy to me I didn't think that unfollowing a few accounts would make me feel so much better and this is on Instagram or or like where which platform this was uh just on Instagram okay yeah yeah this is just on Instagram I feel you though like you take thousands of people out and like you scroll through your following and it's either people who inspire you or like good friends of yours or family members so then you're like oh, yay, like, I'm only following these pages that post things that I like to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't That's mind my asking, crazy. like, what type of accounts was it that was triggering to you? Because I also had a similar situation, and I had to unfollow a lot of accounts that promote, like, eating disorders and um, eating disorder tendencies because I'm someone who has suffered from anorexia in the past. So, like, I really can't look at that type of stuff and let it affect me. Um, so for me, it well, I love fashion and styling, and yes, um, me too. Mm. I it was a uh, style bloggers, and a lot of them are based in LA. 
Damn. But a lot of but the ones that I was following, I don't even think they're from California. So like but I was yeah, it was a bunch of like them and I'm just like there's I don't know, I just started thinking, I was like, there's just no way that like I just don't get it. <laughs> I just didn't You're get like, it. this doesn't make any sense and like there was it there was some sense. people you didn't follow. I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, oh, oh sorry, repeat what you said. Oh, I was just saying, like, I just didn't, I, I guess I just, I couldn't get, like, why they were being praised so much. And I think also what didn't help was that no one was, none of these, the ones that I unfollowed, were acknowledging um, social issues, like, at all. Girl, and the amount of look, people I, I had to unfollow because of that. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing is that I understand that we are allowed to use our platforms in any way that we want to. So if you do, you know, want to keep certain things private, what then that's, that's fine. That's just not what you want to, I guess, like divulge, like publicly. You don't want to, you don't want to do it. Yeah. But with these, what was bugging me was that like in the beginning of like, all of these social issues coming about, like being highlighted because of, you know, we we're all in lockdown last year. Um, you know, they were being vocal and like using their platform to, uh, to, you know, amplify other voices and, and whatever. But now they're just like not doing it at all. So then I... As a viewer, I'm just like, okay, were you doing this because, you know, it was considered, like, cool then? And now it's, you know, not because we're not all stuck in lockdown anymore. So, you know, you're just kind of focusing on what, like, style blogging or whatever. Exactly. But it's frustrating when there's not people who look like you or there's not people who, like, want to represent other opinions. Yes. And that was the thing too, is like, I just kept, I don't know. I just, I felt like, I don't know. It was just uninspiring. And there I was, was like something wrong with it. It's like, like also they're like, all blonde and they're all white and they're all yeah, Christian. That it's was like, the thing too. why is, is there that... no Muslim? Why is there no Jew? Why is there no Filipino girl? Why is there no yeah. uh, person with a hijab started, on? What? Yeah. All the ones that were like, that are like considered like big style bloggers in LA. I feel like a lot of them are, white and that was another thing too is like I want to diversify my feed because I don't really want to see the same like t-shirt on everyone's um account styled the exact same way um or like what accounts were these because I know a lot of ones that you're talking about I think and one one is the main one to me is we were what I don't like that, that person because She's Jewish, so I thought she was cool, but I found out she was actually copying a ton of small designers, and that really that really ticked me off. Oh, yeah, I saw. I actually never followed her. Um, I had to take her off my page because I was like, this person is literally a fraud. Yeah, I, I heard about that on TikTok, but I never followed her. The other ones, I would I would just tell you in private. <laughs> yeah, just tell me in private, dude, literally. But there's so many accounts. Because I, like, I don't want to put them down, you know? Like, yeah, like, like we're I not trying to put people down I don't here. like someone, then doesn't it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. You know, no, I don't no, no, know No, no, we're not trying to put them down. Yeah. 
Of course but, not. Um, I mean, the only person I will literally publicly condemn is that girl. Like, there's some other page I don't <laughs> like, which I would tell you privately as well, but it's not like... I wouldn't drag them in public, but, like, I'm dragging this girl because her name is D- Danielle Bernstein. Um, it just bothers me that someone can literally steal designs and Target will partner with them, and then they literally will just, like, continue on like nothing is wrong while they're receiving hundreds, um, probably thousands now of lawsuits from small creators who are like, hey, you're taking my designs and literally selling them to Target or selling them to your bloggers or your, like, uh, you know, fans and whatnot. It's horrible. Yep. Yeah, I saw, I saw all those yeah. on TikTok. No, I saw that on TikTok first, and I was uh, like, I have to look at her TikTok and her Instagram. She made this, like, really, really simpy TikTok video that was like, hey, guys, I'm Danielle Bernstein. We yeah. are one. I'm here on TikTok. And it's like, girl, like, read the room. <laughs> I know. Yeah, everyone was like, uh, wrong platform. <laughs> Literally. And, you know, unfortunately, there were some celebrities I actually had to unfollow because of the Israel-Palestine conflict. Sorry, my voice is cracking. Because of the Israel-Palestine conflict, actually due to them posting wrong infographics and misinformation, you know, I'm a Zionist. I am all about Jewish heritage. I love fighting against anti-Semitism. But let's face it, you know, we just want peace in the Middle East. We just want Palestine and Israel to both be in safety and peace and not have violence and all their women children and men and anyone in the country to be protected you know we want that that's on period Mm -hmm. what everyone in the situation wants you know who's not Hamas but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of celebrities posting misinformation and infographics that say the wrong things it's like oh Israel's trying to kill us or like oh kill the Jews like they're calling Jews the k-word the k-word they're saying all this really offensive stuff and you know some of the celebrities participating in that um you know, the top of which are Bella and Gigi Hadid, Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. Halsey. It's very disappointing to see it. Um, Diet Prada, Refinery29. You know, there's other ways you can voice that you're on Palestine's side in this situation without literally saying people should be murdered. Mm. It just makes me upset to see it's like, we should just be promoting peace for everyone and be like, you yeah. know, let's make sure everyone's safe. Don't be like, F the Jews, kill the Jews, like the Jews are the oppressor. It's like, that's how the Holocaust started, bro. Like, don't yeah. be talking like that, girl. Like, no. Yeah. I'm actually yeah, making I... a film right now about a Holocaust survivor, and he's really cool. I was actually FaceTiming oh, wow. earlier today. Yeah, and we're like, look, now, now more important than ever is making this film, and the, fil- the time is now, you know, it's now or never, and he's, uh, you know, almost 90, so come on, we got to get this show on the road get this production made and hopefully get it in South by Southwest or something. Cause you know, the Jews are not protected and neither are the Asians and we need to, you know, make any artistic projects we can girl to like promote our minorities and promote yeah. our heritage to be like, look, we're not bad people. Give us a chance. Yeah. And I just don't really understand like the hate, you know? Yeah. It's like, like you don't, don't you can say you don't agree hate. with Israel's government, but not say F Jews or kill Jews. You know what right. I mean? Right. It's like, right. that's a whole different exactly. thing. That's called mm-hmm. being Hitler. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it is such a headache because also so many celebrities who are Asian will post about Asian Lives Matter, but no mm-hmm. white celebrities will. And it's like the smaller people like you and me, you know, we can repost as much as we want. If you have less than 500,000 followers, you're not really making the impact on this level. And I, it, it, mm-hmm. it baffles me why people like, for example, um, Selena Gomez, you know, Demi Lovato, other really big celebrities who fight for their own minority, they don't fight for ours. It's like, why couldn't you post about the Asians? Why couldn't you post about the Jews? Like, 
could you just even do a story about them and like try to spread some awareness right and resources which is something that I tried to do is just yeah, resources. share resources um, for other people to learn you know like what's going on with um, everything and it is interesting like what you said like it, it's like they they pick and choose like what to highlight and yeah it's like you can't support black lives matter and then not support asian lives matter jewish mm-hmm. lives matter muslims lives matter all of them it's, it's not it's not mutually exclusive it's like there's tons of minorities and we need to embrace all of them yeah and it's hard you know like you're when certain um groups are you know kind of like highlight or spotlighted because of an unfortunate event you know you start to think about your own culture but then you have to remember like this isn't about me right now you know like this group needs help right now um exactly yeah like I don't really understand you know why it's not like spread out when other groups are being affected so that's something I just don't I don't get at all same and it's like it's not going to take attention away from spotlighting your group Mm -hmm. by spotlighting ours why can't you just take a stand and for once be on the right side of history oh wait Mm -hmm. because you actually believe that Asians Jews Muslims gays etc are less than and you won't stand up and you know I've gotten a lot of hate um I did mention to you you know I don't really want to talk about this like on the podcast but like we did speak before about something that happened um to one of my projects because of Jewish Lives Matter and it's like look, I'm not going to change my views so that you can feel appeased and so that you can, mm-hmm. you know, have your little moment in the ARW uh, empire. Like, my name, Amanda Rome West, will be a household name. I promise you that. There will be yes. merchandising lines. Yes, there will be merchandising lines. Many podcast seasons. You know, a talk show. There will be uh, executive produced movie and TV credits. You know, there will be a lot in my empire. And you know, it all stems from the musical side of things. I write for a mm-hmm. lot of TV shows and movies. My music has been licensed multiple times by big groups like MTV. And, you know, I'm looking to do a lot more of that. And I will keep my stance firm. I don't care how many opportunities I lose because of it. The right people will always have me yes. in mind for good opportunities. And I know that you're the same way because you're so ethical. You, you're someone who believes in, you know, do what's right. And I'm a really big mm-hmm. Disney fan as well. And one of the reasons why I like their content so much is even if, you know, it's about the damsel in distress and it's not exactly like PC. Their message is always like, stay strong and stand up for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in Cinderella, they could have made it less about like damsel in distress and more about like <laughs> this girl bringing herself up like from the bottom to the top. But like, mm-hmm. you know, as Disney has evolved, for example, like as the industries have evolved, as the world has evolved, you know, it's still all about like fight for what's right, fight for what you believe in. Like, don't ever let anyone bring you down. Like, that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite messages from Mulan. Like, she was a girl, yes. but she was like, I'm going to be a soldier. They weren't like, no, no, you have to be the damsel in distress. This is Disney. They were like, let's go. We're here for it. Yep. Yeah, actually, just I just watched Mulan last week. Oh, um, my God. Wait, I don't like the live the live action. I'm, I'm just so attached to the original. Yeah, the music <laughs> in the original cartoon is just, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to top. But I I've seen I, I saw the live action. Um, and you know they kind of with the live action they're they're actually following more of like 
the story of yeah Mulan, like i have so... disney plus so i watched it a few yeah. times I <laughs> yeah. the story is more explored but it's like the musical elements are so much less mm-hmm. and like i don't know no for sure for sure yeah i and i agree with you about disney and like what they stand for and and they've always been in my life i mean disney was the reason why i got started singing because i just i would watch those like disney sing-along tapes or even just any disney movie like aladdin and i would stand on the couch (laughs) and put my i'd line up my stuffed animals like in front of our tv where i was growing up and i would just stand on the couch and perform to them to the any disney sing-along videotape or disney movie so i used to do that too like those tapes where they have like the the mickey mouse emoji like bouncing on the words to tell you what to say yes you're like that's bad 90s how old are you because i'm like 90s oh i do not tell my age you're like i'm not telling my age girl because i'm like i'm 97 girl you know oh no i don't want to tell you how old i don't know you don't have to girl. my mom's a dermatologist trust me we don't talk about age here unless it's like under 25 we don't talk about age we is all 25 (laughs) oh my god like no but literally though like that 90s disney vibe is such a mood and like i like that you bring that up because like like when did you start being an artist like because you you spoke a bit at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the podcast about like you know you've always been an artist like you've always loved disney Mm -hmm. you've gone disney since you were six like what what age did you start performing and doing music things and like lead me through that like how you got to where you are now because I feel like we skipped over that a bit because we're so excited that we like both like <laughs> with the same things we're like yeah yeah <laughs> um so I started I started singing and performing at a really young age um I mean I was I was I don't know like seven is when I started playing piano I started taking piano lessons I used and to play I piano started... too. Love it, Queen. Yes, and then, um, and then I ventured and started playing violin when I was like nine. Um, I was doing musical theater, like outside of school. Um, so... I had a lot of art, arts, uh, and performing arts extracurricular activities outside of school. And then I was in choir, like from fourth grade until college, and I loved being a part of that. That's awesome. I... I think my first studio experience was when I was like 15 and then I went to college for music business I was writing oh nice where did you go I went oh gosh I went to a small liberal arts school in North Carolina called Catawba College and it's super small there's like I think I've heard of that my mom went to Wake Forest so I've I know oh, some stuff down did. there. Yeah, she's a dermatologist, girl. We gotta hook you up, girl. Oh, I should uh, connect with her. Yeah, um, my because my dad's from my dad is originally from North Carolina. Wow. And um, yeah, he just moved back there actually recently. So he, well, we're huge Carolina fans. So I know, oh, dope. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like all that stuff, like and I like split. Duke and all those schools. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, my family split between Duke and Carolina. I do oh, know some you. people though that went to Wake Forest. So. Well, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. The all the furniture in the president's office was actually donated by my mom's family. Oh wow! Yeah, That's so cool. Such a funny connection, and it's so awesome. Wow. You have like East Coast roots as well. Yes, yeah, I do love the East Coast, um, but I'm definitely a West Coast girl. You're a West Coast and... girl at heart, for sure. <laughs> but like, you have that East Coast understanding, which is why you yes. have a hustle. I was like, where do you get that from? And I'm like, oh yeah. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah so I went to school there went to, got music my bachelor's in music business and then um, my first experience in the music industry was actually I was a merch girl for a while for some screamo bands um, a lot <laughs> of them would be on like Vans warp tour so I did that for oh, like, that's a few awesome, years dude. yeah it was really really fun I so you did been... that for like how, how long a while uh, I think it was like four years um I worked with yeah I worked with a few bands and then eventually like 2012 I was like I don't want to do this anymore because I wanted to focus on my own artist career like it was awesome seeing and meeting all of their fans of the bands but I was like well I want this for myself you were like this is too time consuming (laughs) and it's like either this or that (laughs) right and so I stopped doing that folks started focusing on my own music again in 2012 and then, yeah, I have just been, like, going ever since. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that's so cool. And, like, it's it's incredible that you've had so much of a musical background. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of my family works in the industry. And I also played violin. I played guitar. Wow, I played piano. Yeah. I'm not good at them anymore. But let me tell you, it set me up to have a good foundation for my career. And I think it's so important yeah. as children that we were exposed to that. Because I definitely hear it in your music. Like, the messages of, like, don't give up. Like, stay strong. Like, all mm-hmm. of that and people think that's cheesy to like make music about that but we have to motivate people and like you know it's it's really interesting to hear about your overall career so far because you had to take that moment to like wake up one day and be like wait time is passing mm-hmm. me by I need to take care of my career yeah yeah and I mean that's also in like 2016 I hit a big wall I mean I've talked briefly about you know having like a manager but then other like personal things in my life were happening and so I actually fell into like a deep depression during that time dude I'm sorry to hear it thanks I mean you know it it, moments like those they really do suck right like I like the low lows and the high highs of an artist yeah right yeah but it's just when I look back on it I feel like it was really for the better because I feel like I've become this woman that I've always imagined to be. And even as an artist, I feel like it really just helped me. Um, And I don't take, I definitely don't take life for granted anymore. And that's incredible. Like I had several suicide attempts in high school because I was very bullied. So like, I understand what you're saying. We like fell into a depression because like, it's really easy to like believe what people say or like yes. believe your own failures in your head about yourself. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like, it makes it so much more meaningful every time I get on stage and they're singing it right back. You know, it's like, damn, mm-hmm. I did that. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. Completely there with you on that. And like, so um, how did you pull yourself out of that really dark time? Cause like, unfortunately, you know, a lot of us artists, like I'm not saying everyone, but like a lot of us artists have a lot of mental health struggles because mm-hmm. we are so connected with our emotions. Yes. Um, you know, I never told anyone really until I was able to get myself out of it. And I really do highly recommend like talking to someone. Um, yeah, like therapy, dude. I wouldn't have gone yeah. through life if I didn't have a therapist, girl. I, I don't know. For me, it was... I honestly, I woke up one day and I remember looking at myself in the mirror and 
I just kind of it was like almost like an out of body experience where I felt like my reflection in the mirror was kind of talking to me um like and, all the dissociated like it's like outside like you got to yeah. do something uh-huh and and basically saying like you can you can do this like you can do this you don't need all of these things that are crumbling around you like you're going to be okay and it was really kind of a crazy experience that's what like, that sounds like really people tell you that you think i'm like... weird but literally i was staring in the mirror and it was <sighs> like that that reflection in the mirror was like moving you know it's like it, it that's was... that's almost sounds like psychedelic that's crazy yeah it i don't even people probably think i'm weird but i really had that i don't think you're weird and, dude and... i think you're really cool and i, I can't <laughs> wait to be on sound scrub with you because we can go deeper into this dude <laughs> yeah so um that's what happened and and then i was just able to pull myself together and then from there it was really just like i surrounding myself with good people yeah, like, um, you have to make that choice. Like, I've definitely been in that yes. position, too, where you have bad management, you have bad friends, mm-hmm. you, have, you have bad influence around you, and you have to be like, you have to take a look around and be like, is this what I want my life to be? No. So, like, yeah, yeah. you do have to take some hard-to-swallow pills. You do have to scrap a lot of projects. You do have to, yep. you know, hire more people on your team and, and spend more money that you work so hard to earn that always goes back into the music, but that's how it is. And, like, yep. you have to accept that. And, like, I think it's so cool that you're weird. You're like me. You put freaking ice cubes <laughs> rattling from your iced coffee in the background of a song. I mean, you know, I put my cat meowing in some songs. It's like, what? It's like you turn it into a different sound. People think, damn, is that a Travis Scott noise? No, that's Boba meowing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love doing that with my music. I love taking certain things that I hear and then having the producer like, or like everyday really stuff mess in your life it. so people can hear you, like how it was mm-hmm. on you listening to it. Like, it wouldn't be yep. like you're listening to it in your house. It's like Lisa Denae listening to it in her house, in her studio, and then bringing it to you. Yep. Yeah. That's And that's awesome. Like, so after you brought yourself out of that really hard time, did you start doing Musical.ly then? And I'd, I'd love to hear more yeah. about how you built your following on Musical.ly, mm-hmm. how you transferred it to TikTok, and, you know, how you're using that to, to basically change the lives of others with your career and your impact. Yeah, so it really actually was during after that time because I think Musically came out in like 2015 or something like that. So 2000 end of 2016 was when all of that happened. I didn't really jump on the platform till 2017, um, early 2017. One of my friends told me about this app, and they were like, "You need to get on this app called Musically. It's like just now like popping off and." They were like, just do covers on there. Just do covers. So I just started doing covers. I was doing covers, like uh, doing acapella covers in the garage, like parking garage. Um, so I can That's get that awesome. really nice Where do you live now, by the way? Echo. I'm in Pasadena. Oh, I love yeah. Pasadena, girl. That's where they got the yeah. best Target. They got hunting. Kids. They got everything, girl. <laughs> yeah, we have the best food, too. There's a lot of great restaurants over We'll have here. to go out sometime, dude. Let's yeah. Go um but yeah so I started doing that and just doing posting videos of me like on my piano and doing covers and one day I you know maybe like 50 or even like 100 videos in to posting I opened the app and I had like a bunch of new new followers like I had all these notifications like you know when it says like 99 plus it just like, like blows you up type you're just notif- like wake up you're it like just, whoa yeah I will I think I I don't know where the heck I was, but someone texted me and the screenshot 
And then I went on the app and I saw that I was featured. Um, that was like a thing on music. Oh, like they on would the like homepage. feature vid. Yeah, they would feature videos like on their Discover page, um, kind of like how TikTok is. Um, but it said featured, and I was like, "What?" And it was one of my acapella videos. And then another one hit featured like three days later. So then it was just like blowing up, and I got connected with people that work at Musically. They reached out to me. Because they were starting a live streaming app called Lively. Oh, I've heard of that. And, yeah. And then they were like, hey, we, do you want to, we want to feature you as a spotlight um, live streamer. So essentially, I would, anytime I would go live, they would put it like in the spotlight so that it would hit a lot of, a lot of. Yeah, like they would plug you harder because they knew you and they were right. like, we got you. Yeah, so I was like well connected with them and then started doing the live streaming thing like three days a week. Um, and that's kind of how I grew my following on there. And that's really um, smart of you to like capitalize upon that because some people would be like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like some people when they blow up, they weren't ready. So then they don't really capitalize upon it. But you were like merch, song, merch, yep. video. Like you were just going off with it. Yeah, because I had like just released, I think the Patience EP came out or something like a year before when all of this was happening and so I started doing that and then all of a sudden (laughs) musically got bought out by TikTok and I kind of got sad you know because I lost everyone that I was connected with at musically uh they did not move over because it was like it was like Like, a transfer of like yeah like like they got bought out exactly Mm -hmm. so but I was already like crowned on musically at this point like i had just gotten verified and crowned on musically like as is crowned like top creator i think i think that's what it is if i remember it's like or it's like but it was also like their form i think it was also their form of verification oh it's just like yeah this person's legit like we endorse them right yeah and so i had just gotten that and then they got bought out Damn it. And so everything <laughs> got trans but everything got transferred over. So that's actually essentially how I got verified on TikTok was because I worked so hard on the app <laughs> that I originally was. It was noticed by the people there at that company and then it just moved over. Um I will say I was like really bitter, so I stopped using TikTok and I should have never done that. Um <laughs> I that's something upset. that I you probably like, regret. <laughs> But um, but I started, I guess, making a lot more TikToks last year, really, when the pandemic hit, because I just had more time. And I was able to also figure out, you know, kind of what this, what TikTok was really all about, you know, because I felt like it wasn't what Musical.ly was. And I didn't feel like I would be able to capitalize on what I was doing on Musical.ly over to TikTok so um, right and you I, were like frustrated I, with that because you're like i did all this work mm-hmm. and like now it doesn't work anymore. and then i was like, like now i, I don't even app- right oh, sorry, what were you saying <laughs> oh no and saying like i didn't even know anyone that worked at the app anymore that's what also sucked is that well, i like lost, lost my connections. connections yeah yeah you lose everyone you had and then it was like well shit what am i supposed to do now <laughs> exactly that's what i felt i know and i shouldn't have done that but it's okay you know you just you gotta learn um from but like there's nothing you could have done and like you know i actually had a very similar experience not as big of an app but an app called wave i don't know if you knew them they used to be in santa monica 
Oh, I don't know that one. It was like it was like a um underground slash independent artist app, and like I actually had my okay. own show on there every Wednesday, which was so upsetting to me because just as I was about to launch a new section of the app with them, they got bought out by like a Japanese company and turned oh. into some sort of like software. So I was making mm-hmm. some good money. I was making a lot of connections, and then they sold the app, so all of my connections were gone. And like, I mean, I would have felt worse, obviously, if it turned into the next TikTok. But it was like. Right. It was like, I totally get your feeling of like, you built so much rapport there and you wasted mm-hmm. so much time making these videos and whatever. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, it's not a waste of time because you can use those connections for future podcasting or music opportunities. For sure. And a lot of the people that I connected with on Musical.ly, like a lot of the fans that I made, they're still there. Like they're still on TikTok and they're still following me and like commenting. And like they found you, they're already in your website, they're already on your mm-hmm. email list, they already get you. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it definitely wasn't, like, a waste of time, but it, it it does make you sad. Like you said, it's, like, you made all these connections, and then they're just, like, gone, because they didn't end up going with the new company. Um, and then just, yeah, having to try to, like, figure out how this platform works um, and how you can capitalize it on, capitalize on that. Exactly. Platform. Um, so yeah, it was just interesting, but I honestly, I have so much fun on TikTok. Uh, me too. I love, I the, I love wish... the videos with the Mickey ears. They're so cute. <laughs> I kind of wish I like was doing the content that I make on TikTok now. I wish I was also doing that on Musical.ly, oh, yeah. but, um, I felt like I never really like learned how to use Musical.ly to its potential, like full potential, but it's all good. We like, you know, we just go through the path that we choose and you know that we land on and then you go from there so and that's how it is it's like you know what like if we're gonna live life we're always capitalizing upon opportunities that we view as valuable to ourselves and there's always Mm -hmm. gonna be some sort of issue that pops up like some song doesn't work out or some app doesn't work out or the merch didn't sell or whatever it is you're always gonna take an L on something so you can't live your life in fear all you can do is choose how to react and like Based on your overall career so far, your music, your latest releases, like all of your content, I definitely can say, dude, that I see you succeeding in the industry far beyond your wildest dreams, like Nicole Scherzinger level stuff, you know, and like, you seem like the Asian Lady Gaga to me. I just had to say it. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, but you are. (laughs) No, I would, you know, Joanne is quaking. (laughs) Um, It's funny because I... I want to do so many things, but in the entertainment industry, yeah, but music has just always been the core. I think that's the same for you too, you know, exactly. but I do want to do everything. Like I love hosting my podcast, Sound Scrub. I love doing that. Make a space for me on Sound Scrub, girl. Text me. I'll come on the show. Yeah, I, I, no, I love it. I love learning about every other artist, like how they bring their songs to life because everyone's experience in the studio is just so different and just with writing in general is so different. So I love doing that and I would love to continue to be a host of that. And then you should, I, like, you're awesome. And I think it turns out really well because you're talking about artists and how they made mm-hmm. their songs, just like how this, this podcast aired of you raw. We talk about careers, like how do you get here? How do you get there? You know, we're talking about less practical things um, and mm-hmm. more like overarching themes. And I think yeah. both of those type of podcasts serve a purpose. And I think it's great that, you know, young female artists like ourselves, especially minority groups, again, are promoting these things and trying to put people on because who else is going to put our people on? Nobody. Yeah, no, exactly. And 
And that's what I wanted too with Sound Scrub is like to give other independent artists like a platform, you know, for them to showcase their music. So um, I'm always happy to bring people on to talk about their music and how they brought it to life. And then I just, I think, and you know this too, with being an independent artist, we're already wearing so many different hats. We're acting as our booking manager. We're acting as press. We're acting as the creative director when it comes to our music videos, our photo shoots, whatever it may be. And I think because of that, as, as stressful it can be, but because of that, I want to, that's why I want to do so much in this industry. I just want to create in general, but music will always be the core. Music will always, music and writing and performing will always be the number one for me. So... So, okay. So with Sound Scrub, I love it a lot because I get to open up another platform for independent artists and have them on my show. But then it's also cool because I get to hear how they bring their songs to life and learn about everyone else's writing experiences and how they come up with certain sounds that they use in their productions or whatever. So that's what I love the most about Sound Scrub. And with that, I just, I would love to continue to host something like that, whether it's Sound Scrub or something else. But I hope that I can continue Sound Scrub as I grow and as, you know, it grows in general. But I, I definitely want to do more things in the entertainment industry as a whole. But music will always be the core. Music, writing, and performing will always be my number one right but you want to also incorporate that into everything else you do whether you're doing like licensing or like Mm -hmm. oh yeah you're producing or whatever you know making visions happen like you do you just want to make it work you know yeah and I always hope that whatever I'm doing inspires other artists that may just be starting out you know and and I think you know since we're both independent artists like we're doing a lot of things like we wear multiple hats like we're our own manager we're our own booking agent we're our own creative director like sometimes literally girl yeah we're like our own producers writers we're on um, our motivational we're, we are our own motivational coach we are yeah. our own uh fitness instructor yeah <laughs> yeah Nutritionist. Exactly. it goes on it goes like, on and we're on we're like the whole company like we have to I think something that I had to remember especially last year um, as things were really like growing like exponentially for me I had to remember that I have to treat my art as a business and that's something that not every independent artist realizes but you are the CEO so and it's hard to one... remind yourself of that because so many people exactly. around you are like, oh, when are you going to stop like fooling around with this nonsense? Right. <laughs> you're right. like, you're like, never. This is my job, boo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you're essentially what we put into as far as like the finances go with visuals. And even if you're paying for your productions and not necessarily, you know, cutting in percentages, um, all of that, it, it's starting a business and I don't think people even outside of music get that because you know we do get a lot of the hate where it's like oh when are you gonna stop doing that to do something else and you're just like what are you talking about like I run my own business yeah and people don't get it especially from outside the industry but what makes me so sad 
is when people who are literally starting in the industry don't understand it because it's like, bro, yeah. you should not be going to this industry if you think one, you're going to make money, or two, you think it's just going to be like you become Justin Bieber and you're like sitting there and like Scooter Braun's like arranging your European world tour for next summer. Like, that's yeah. not how it works. Like, people, I think, think, oh, you know, I'm going to be an artist and then Capitol Records is going to notice me and then I'm going to get a huge manager. They're literally going to put Scooter Braun onto my music and then I'm going to do this or like whatever their like unrealistic dream is. And it's like, you should dream, but like within reason. And like, if you have a realistic dream and a realistic goal set, like mm -hmm. one of my goals is to like perform at Coachella within the next 10 years. That's definitely doable because I know a lot yeah. of people in the industry and I work hard and I do a lot of LA shows. So like, and like I do the Viper Room and those are all like gateway shows to Coachella. So it's like, I'm already checking things off my list. But it's, mm -hmm. if your dream is to literally like be as famous as Harry Styles or Justin Bieber or Usher or whatever artist, you know, you look up to and your sole goal is to just emulate their career and then like hopefully do exactly what they did. I'm sorry, but that's not going to happen. People need yeah. to realize that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, that's even something that I had to learn, you know, like I when I was growing up, you know, when I was like three or five, or whatever, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll buy the time I'm 16. I'm going to, you know, be this huge megastar that I always dreamed of. And, yeah, I'm going to be the next then, Miley Cyrus, except Asian, yeah. I'm gonna pull it off. And it's like, well, that didn't yeah. happen. But like, you're making it happen for yourself, like along the way, you know, exactly, exactly. Um, and also, I just think, like you said, it's like setting those goals. And even if they're small goals, um, you need to celebrate those. And that's something that I'm actually really bad about. I don't know about you, but I <laughs> yeah. do not celebrate small wins. Um, I never do. And my boyfriend always holds me accountable for that. He's like, look yeah. at all this stuff you did. You just sold out a show in Miami. I'm yep. just like, but I need to focus on the merch in the next exactly. album. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the same way. And and it's having those people around us that really ground us, that help. Rem and to remind to you remind to like celebrate us. yourself too. Exactly. So I think, I think that's a pretty common like mentality from independent artists. It's like, we're always, of course, going to look at the bigger picture of what we want and what we've dreamed yeah, we're of always forever. Gonna be so hard on ourselves for like mm -hmm. what we want, but it's like, but we, we got to look take in the, the mirror. Yep. And we got to take the time to celebrate those little ones because those little wins lead to the big ones. The little wow. facts. I'm going to quote you on that. The little, <laughs> little wins lead to the big ones. Cause that's facts. It's like, if you only have big goals and you can never make them happen, how bad are you going to feel about yourself? Really freaking yep. bad. Yep. yep. But if you could just like get a few things done for yourself and like get a few, you know what I mean? Like get those goals. Like then you could be on your way to winning a Grammy. Then you could be on your way yes. to performing at the Super Bowl. Then you could be on the way to being you know a huge star like you really have to take your moments celebrate them but don't let it hold you back that you're not doing those huge things yet yes yeah I agree 100%. I fully agree dude and I think that's how you got to live your life and dude I'm proud to be your friend and know you and you know let's make sound scrub happen let's maybe collab on a song one day who knows like yes. we're just popping off queen that's just how we do <laughs> yes yes but that's that's how to be so you know um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, Westies. Um, I would love it, Lisa, if you could give like one big piece of advice, like your biggest piece of advice, and then plug all your socials and everywhere people can find you. Oh, one <laughs> piece of advice. That is a, that's a good question. I would say, I say this a lot, um, always stay true to yourself and and just be as be authentically you and don't 
look at what other people are doing, you there's something so unique about all of us. And it's finding that uniqueness um, and really like capitalizing and showcasing that where people will find that interesting or even relate to it. And it, it, that's what's going to help them gravitate towards you. So that'd be... That would be my one advice. And then as far as social media, I'm pretty much everywhere. <laughs> um, TikTok, <Yeah. laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I think those are all Lisa Danae Music, L-I-S-A-D-A-N-A-E Music. Uh, you can go to my website, lisadanae.com, where you can learn more about my music, me, and, of course, SoundScrub, my podcast, which dissects the writing, production, and recording process of a song with the artist and producer stream my music on spotify apple music title deezer soundcloud uh google play amazon music every platform and youtube i have a lot of music videos lyric videos um that's also lisa today music as well and yeah i just got a vivo too so you can check me out on oh vivo. dude how do i get a vivo that's lit yeah. <laughs> yeah i just got one i you can um well i signed up through my distributor but this uh i have i just switched actually to vidia i'm really happy with what they've been doing so far with me so i'm looking forward to working with them but they helped me get a vivo so i think it's um youtube.com slash lisa denae vivo and i'll put i'll probably drop like exclusive videos on there from now on but i know the weigh me down music video is like the first one on there right now and i have a remix for starlet coming out june 16th it's gonna be yeah it's an edm drum and bass remix it's really awesome oh my god i love drum and bass stop yes i've never had a remix like this before i've never had a song like this before so i am very excited um this his name's brian ireland he produced this remix uh he goes by audio crisp and um you can pre-save that now on spotify and apple music but it'll be out june 16th just in time for my birthday Awesome. Well, I can't wait for that. <laughs> Yas Queen, we stand. What what sign are you? I'm like, mm. I'm a Gemini. We Gemini, stand a Gemini. Gemini. I, I, I. <laughs> it is Gemini <laughs> season. Yes. I love it. Yes. Love it, love I it. love that for you. Love that for you. Everyone go check out her Vivo. She's awesome. Okay. Off the air. Tell me about this distributor because I need a Vivo girl. <laughs> yes. um, that that was amazing. You are incredible, Lisa. I am so, so glad for having me on. Yeah, I am so glad that we're connected now. And yes. yeah, don't hesitate to reach out about anything, dude. Thank you. Thank you. You're <laughs> awesome. Well, have a great rest of your day and we'll be in touch. Yes. Sounds good. Bye, Queen. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>